I, and when I do that, I try to find something that's a little bit complementary to whatever it is that we've been focusing on in our, um, in our study. And so tonight I want to draw some attention really just to a specific passage um, and the, the heart behind this and the idea behind the sharing of this devotional tonight is uh, that the things that are worth going after in the Christian faith are oftentimes difficult and oftentimes require perseverance. So I want to focus on that tonight, particularly as we thought, think about this uh, church uh, in Colossians that we are talking about. We've talked about God's blessing over them and his work through them. And we'll talk in the next few weeks about some of the challenges they face in their effort to be faithful to God. And so the passage I want to draw attention to is Matthew 7, uh, verses 13 and 14. And this is going to be familiar to you if you're looking in a Bible again. That's Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Again, enter by the narrow gate, and there's some stuff in between there. And the, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, that's the uh, portion I want to draw our attention to tonight. This passage is talking about two things, really. One of those is salvation. When we talk about the gate being narrow, what we're talking about is coming to Jesus. You know, there's all kinds of ideas in our world today about how to be saved, how to be made right with God. There's all kinds of ideas about who God is or uh, that there are many gods or that we can worship whatever God we want and it's all going to get to the same God. And as Christians, we don't believe those things are true. What we believe is that there is one God and there is one way by which we can get to that God and that is through belief in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. So it is a narrow way. Uh, Sometimes people look at it as... um, Unkind. Sometimes folks might look at it as um, us being bigoted or whatever other phrasing. People want to slap on the Christian understanding of salvation, but ultimately this is the truth of the gospel. There is only one way to get to God, and that is through Christ, and so narrow is the way. But that verse also says difficult is the way which leads to life. And Jesus, when he tells us about salvation, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so he he's making clear to us in uh, this passage and also in other places he speaks that getting to Christ is not, is not difficult ultimately. What's required of us is belief. And that belief is empowered, as we noted on Sunday, by the power of the Spirit. So even the belief itself is empowered by God. He calls us to himself and enables us to believe in him. And all who choose to believe can. When this passage says that it is difficult, it's talking about the followship of Christ or his lordship over our life. The idea is that getting to Christ is not complicated. All we have to do is believe, but being obedient to him as we live in faith can be tough. It can be challenging. You know this from your own life, your own Christian journey. If you've been a Christian for long, you know that it is, that it is hard to stay faithful to Jesus. Our salvation is secure because of Christ and our belief in him. But when it comes to living for him that way, is difficult. And this sort of juxtaposition of the way to Christ being easy, but the, the living for Christ being difficult, it is the challenge uh, so often of uh, the Christian's walk because we have a tendency in ourselves to try to um, 
pursue Jesus based on merit. You know, we've talked about this before. So much of our life is based on do good, get good. And so we work hard, we get a raise. We're nice to people, they're nice back to us. We do kind things for people and they gift us somehow. And the wonder of the Christian life is all we did was wretchedness. We didn't do anything good. And yet Christ has given us life if we believe. And yet still we wrestle with this internal tension of trying to do enough to be right before God. We won't usually say out loud that we think we can earn our salvation because maybe we don't believe that. Maybe we believe that our salvation is secured by Jesus. But we sometimes live as if we can. And we either live by just continuing to do as much right as we can, motivated maybe by our desire to follow Jesus, but sometimes by our desire to feel justified. Or, and this might be true for you, I know it's been true in my life sometimes, we feel like we're just not good enough. We haven't done enough good. We aren't sufficient. We somewhere in the back of our mind believe that Jesus has died on the cross and he's paid for our sins and we're trusting that's true and yet we are always kind of feeling like we come up short. We come up short. You know, both of those things have a little bit of truth to them in some way. On the one hand, we are called to serve Christ as Christians full-throated. Just go full-on for God, get ev- give everything in our life over to him and get everything out of our life that isn't about him. But we don't do those things because we're earning something. We do those things because we love Christ. That has nothing to do with our salvation other than it points to us being saved if we are going after Jesus. Now, on the other side of that, we're not good enough. Everything you've done that is righteous, all the money you've given, all the ministry you've done, all the trips you've been on to serve, all the places in the community you've reached out to people has not been enough. It isn't enough. It's not enough to make you right before God. It's not enough for you to earn salvation, and it doesn't need to be. God hasn't asked you to do anything in respect to your salvation. So all he's asked you to do is to give your heart over to him and to serve him. And so it's enough in respect to this. He is joyful in your giving of your time and your resources and yourself over to his kingdom. It is enough in that respect as you continue to plow ahead with him. He loves you and is satisfied in what you do when you serve him. But when you think about it being connected with your value before God or your salvation in him, it will never be enough, and it doesn't need to be because Christ has died for you. And when you accepted him as your Savior, the Bible says you took on his righteousness. And so you are enough in Christ. You are enough in Christ. If we're going to live as disciples of Jesus and as a church, if we're going to live as a church pursuing after Jesus, we have to remember that all efforts of worth, all the things that we might do to serve Christ's kingdom that are of value are difficult. They are difficult to do. It is difficult to sacrifice. It's difficult to give. The Christian life is difficult, but its difficulty does not and should not make us faint or cave in. The Bible says never tire of doing good works. Instead, it should stir up in us a desire to forge ahead and overcome the things that hinder us. And sometimes it's ourself that hinders us. Sometimes it's our 
lack of desire to serve. Sometimes, again, it's this chasing after doing enough good to be good enough. And so Christ can clear those things out of the way as we pursue him and we give ourselves over to him. The question we have to ask ourselves in order to get to that place is, do we appreciate the miraculous gift of salvation in Jesus Christ enough to give all of ourselves in light of the difficulty that comes in doing so? God saves people through Christ and Christ alone. And we don't save ourselves and nothing we good we do that's good contributes to our salvation. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so he draws us to salvation. We believe. We choose to believe. And then he works in us to grow good out of us, to accomplish good things in us. Even the good we do in salvation and in our sanctification. On the other side of salvation, our sanctification is empowered by God. But Philippians 2.12 says we are called to work out our salvation. And so while we are sufficient in Christ, we are saved and secured if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior because of his death on the cross, the Bible tells us we are to work out our salvation. Now what that doesn't mean is somehow figure out how salvation works and connects all, connect all the dots. It's not talking about working out a math equation. That's not the idea there. What it's talking about is what's occurred inside of you that has changed in you when you became a Christian. We talked about regeneration, which is the idea that we went from where we were going our own way, and then when we became saved, we're going Christ's way. It doesn't mean we don't sin, but our orientation, the drive of our heart is to go after Jesus. We have to work out our salvation in that state, and what it means is as we continue to change, as we continue to grow more and more in Christ-likeness, we allow the thoughts that come into our heart about who God is calling us to be after we're saved, we allow those thoughts not just to be thoughts, but we allow them to become actions and we allow them to become words. That's what it means to work out our salvation. Not that we just have a passing idea in our mind that I need to be kinder or gentler or more patient, but we actually do the things that allow for that to occur in our life and heart. And so if it crosses our mind that we need to be kinder, we begin to think, how can I speak kindly? And we begin to seek to do that through the power of the Spirit in us again, because it is God who empowers the good work. And so we are saved, and then we work out this salvation in our life through the power of the Spirit, reminding us of who we're to be, and then living out that truth in our life. Ultimately, let me note this this evening. If we fail, if we fail at staying on the mark between these two points of I am sufficient in Jesus, but I am not to stay the way that I am. I am fully saved in Christ, but I am not to stay the way that I am today. And every day, by the way, if you've been a Christian for 40 years, you shouldn't be just stalling out there. If we fail to be able to stay between that line where sometimes we think, oh, I've got to do more good work in order to make myself more saved or more God more satisfied in me or on the other side if we think to ourselves you know I'm, I'm enough and I don't really need to do anything I'm actually I'm doing pretty good I don't need to change the way that I am I'm just this way if we 
flounder between those two points and we don't stay centered on this truth, which is we are enough in Christ and yet we are called to change. It's because we've rested on one of these two sides of this marker. We've either come to the place where we've thought, I need to chase after salvation. We won't say that. We Baptists don't talk that way. But I'm talking about belief. I'm not talking about talking. Because your life will show whether or not you actually believe you're sufficiently saved in Christ. If we think somehow that we can do enough good to be right before God, then there's something missing there about our belief. Do we really trust that we're sufficiently saved in what Christ has done on the cross for us? And on the other side, if we think somehow that we're good where we are, we don't need to make change, that we're better than our neighbor, that we're not the worst of the bunch, but we're good enough, and we're just going to kind of ride that on to the grave, then we've missed the mark in this way. God is calling us to change, and we don't do that in our own power. We do it by the knowledge of the word taught to us by the spirit of God who empowers us to make the change that he's calling us to make. So tonight, I want to encourage you with this important reminder that we live in a middle line as Christians on this side of eternity where we remember that we are secure and saved in Jesus Christ because of what he's done on the cross and the empowerment he gives us to follow him. And we are also called to never tire of changing and the ways that he's calling us to, to look more and more like him. And if we can remember that, and we remember that, by the way, by preaching the gospel to ourselves every day, we'll talk about this in a few sermons from now, always remembering that Christ has died, always remembering that he's called us to be like him. If we can preach that message to ourselves every day, we can stay on the line that God has called us to until one day where we see him in glory. And then all the striving is over with. We are made to be like Christ. What a wonder that will be. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this night and the truth of the gospel. And God, I I pray that for each one of us here, you keep us remembering the gospel and its impact on our life and the truth that we are sufficiently saved because of you, not because of us. And yet we are not supposed to stop pursuing you no matter how long we followed you. Help us to remember to live in that middle place on this side until that day where we see you and all of this is over with. We thank you so much for your faithfulness to us this night and we thank you for Jesus. Amen. Thank you.